What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Gearnetwork.com. The following is a presentation of the Gear Radio Network. This is Joey Hamilton, and you're listening to the All Bets Are Off podcast with Robbie Vegas. What's up, Rock Soldiers? This is the rock star Robbie Vegas with another brand new episode of the All Bets Are Off podcast. And I am super psyched for our guest today, Kyle Dunbar, one of my favorite tattoo artists from Ink Masters Season 3 and 4, voted on by America to come back in 4. So we're going to dig into his brand new podcast, the Fuck Nunez hashtag. But also, before we even get Kyle on the line, they just announced that Ink Master will be returning for a brand new season at the end of 2022. So uh, just want to start that hype train because I'm pretty pumped about it. So hopefully you other Ink Master super fans will be looking forward to that as well. But let me not drag this on too long and let's get Kyle on the line. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. This is Lauren Marie Taylor, creator and host of the Not the Final Girl podcast. Okay, so every horror fan remembers the final girl, right? You know, the one who can outrun and outsmart the Jasons, the Michaels, the Chuckies. I think you get it. But what about the girls and, yeah, the guys who met with an untimely end? Those of us who were tortured and tripped, dragged and killed, don't we deserve some props? As Vicky in Friday the 13th Part 2 and Sheila in Girls' Night Out, I know what a drag it is to succumb to those masked and wardrobe-challenged killers, to not be the final girl. 
On my new podcast, I'll be chatting with other women of horror who share the same fate. Special guests include those final girls, as well as the writers and directors who created our characters, only to give us an early expiration date. And if they play nice, we'll let some of those crazed killers of horror tell their side of the story. So join me, Lauren Marie Taylor, on the Not the Final Girl podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get the alerts when the episodes drop. Thanks for listening. Keep your doors locked and stay out of the woods. My son was a. Uh, he's got some meme stuff, and oftentimes their technologies cross. I end up like that <laughs> that senator or governor that, that was a cat during the meeting. You know, yep, yep. Like I can't turn off the filter. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, my my podcast is mostly just on audio platforms. Anyways, if anything, I just throw little clips up here and there on YouTube. So right on. Yeah, so that'll be the same. I've been doing. I've I've been amazed at the audience that uh, that's out there for just audio. Oh, I know. I know. It's amazing. And I've been listening to your podcast, too. I love it, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm just surprised at how simple people can, like, that they will. That there will be a number of people that will respond to such a simple thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just figuring out now how to actually edit Us. audio. Well, I, <laughs> I say I am. My wife is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have, I've been doing this for three years now, and uh, man, learning how to get the sound quality down was such a pain in the ass. Was that, how's the success of three years? Are you doing something besides podcasting, or are you just doing podcasting? Well, I am, uh, I'm a podcast host, I'm a professional wrestler, and I'm a musician, so I got all that stuff going on. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Right on. Many, uh, m- many, many uh, hands in the uh, fire, I guess, or irons in the fire, as it were. I have to. I'm just that guy. Man, I'm. Uh, it's. Uh, it's so crazy to go back and watch old, like wrestling. I, I myself was never that drawn to Hulk Hogan, it, even as a kid. I didn't care that much about him yeah. after I saw him wrestle because his wrestling matches to me were kind of unexciting. Certainly huh. after you've seen the same formula. Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh, he's going to start to pee down his chest and, uh, you know, the Hulkamaniacs are going to have to carry him <laughs> through this one. That's what I can see. Yep. And we're going to see the big leg and, you know, and, and such unimpressive stuff sometimes. I loved Macho Man's fights and hated him as a character. <laughs> and then it wasn't until later on in life that I realized how much that made me love him. You know, oh, how yeah. much of a heel he was. 100%. And how awesome it was to have a good heel. Uh, I met Mouth of the South in an airport. Did you really? That guy was so gracious and so fucking awesome. And I heard that Hulk Hogan was in a bathroom nearby or something. Some guy was like, hey, keep your camera out. Hulk Hogan's running around. I didn't care as much. I don't know why. Just in that moment, I walked past somebody and I was like, no, no way. No, no, no (laughs) way. I did a double take coming off of the airplane. And here at the gate was the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. No fucking doubt in my mind who it was, right? Like, you're like, suddenly, but. But in with the age and the difference, because he's an icon to me, I see him as a kid. So when I see him, I'm like I don't know, three to four inches taller than him, you know? Yeah. And that's a little bit disconcerting. And for a brief second, I looked at him and thought, nah, he's just like 
he, he runs a Greek chain of, of restaurants or something, Coney Islands or yeah. something, you know, that's who that guy is, the, the jewelry and all. But then I just did my double take. I was like, no. And then I stood back for a second, really wanted to get a photo. Mm-hmm. But at the kiosk, something that, you know, happens to everybody is you're dealing with a fucking person who don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. You know, and that's what Jimmy Hart was in the middle of. So how nice it was because I'm standing back giving him his ample time. And then I realized that she's kind of not recognizing him as the icon that I recognize. She's just treating him like Andy Joe Schmo, and she ain't got no love for him. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to get whatever it is you're looking for. And then I come up at the, because I was not going to say anything, but then I was like, you know, I got to do it now. I was going to wait for the picture, but I was like, no, now's the, I was like, I don't mean to interrupt, sir, but I would be honored if you would allow me. You're the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, right? Would you allow, oh, honey, so much, no no problem, honey, you kept calling me honey. Yeah. And he has that really southern accent. It's like, no problem. And he wanted to open up his shirt like he had the megaphone inside of it. You, know, you want me to open up his shirt? I was like, I just want a photo. Like, I'm so fucking stoked. And then I, it felt really nice because I've got a slight uh, dalliance. Is that the right word? I, I, you know, I, I briefly, I get a certain amount of fame, right? Mm, yeah. And you find real quick that fame does nothing for you if it doesn't buy you a sandwich, you know, or if it doesn't. <laughs> it don't get you out of nothing. Like Gilbert Godfrey says it all the time. You're like, oh, you recognize me? You want to buy me a pastrami and rye? Like, <laughs> you know, he's just like, and I, I, I can, I see that now because uh, so many times people come up, they want a moment of your time and you're happy to give it to them. You know, you meant something to them. And then after that interaction is over, that they get that little bit from you. Yeah. They, they, don't, they don't care what happens in your day. You know, they're like, They'll, they'll see, hey, oh, cool, Kyle, we're flying on the same flight. But by the end of it, they, like if you're duct taped to the seat in American <laughs> Airlines, they don't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> There's moving on. So at that moment, it felt really good to be able to pay that little bit back, I guess. And, and I hope that he got his upgrade to first class. But I don't know. That's my, my history of it, and that's why my understanding has changed so much now with a different respect for the craft. But yeah. um, I don't know. Some of them still fall short. Like if they don't bring it with the with the uh, athleticism of the match, mm-hmm. you know. What I mean, if it goes through the same ropes or, or tropes um, yeah. over and over, and it doesn't get reinvented somewhat, or they don't try to show some creativity, I get tired of it. I guess. No, I, I can completely understand that, and a lot of people do too. Like I was never a huge Hulk Hogan fan, and I'm still not because of the same reason. I knew that the match was going to go punch, 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 big boot, leg drop. That's how the last three minutes of the match was going to go, or two minutes. And it was just one of those things where it was like, nah, I'd rather watch Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Like that was just yeah. growing up; those were my guys, you know. So now, like, I try to bring some of that flair with my own flavor to what they used to do. You know what I mean? And it's funny that you brought up Jimmy Hart because I'd, I'd done a bunch of shows with Jimmy and uh, he was just the greatest guy. And yes, he calls everybody honey and baby and sweetie. And <laughs> super gracious, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I felt like he was ready to, like he would sit me down at his table and he'd be like, so what are we eating? Like he's about to take my order or something. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you're like, do you know who you are, man? Yeah. You're the mouth. But so many times, I, I mean, growing up, I hated him. And until that moment, I didn't realize how much he actually meant to me and the craft. Because during the time, I more as a very young kid, I very much more liked Hulk Hogan. I didn't ever get to see the WWE. I barely watched wrestling. I only knew about Hulk Hogan as the guy that came out and said, brother, had the 24-inch pythons. And then I didn't get to watch the, the WrestleManias. So yeah. occasionally he would come out and beat a jobber or something. 
you know, on Saturday morning. But usually it was just I saw him in highlights. Yeah, right. When I finally saw his matches, they didn't seem to matter as much to me. But I realized at that moment how much it mattered to me. Jimmy the Heart, always coming in and fucking up every match, having a megaphone right there, <laughs> distracting the referee. <laughs> even even as I knew more about wrestling, I guess NWO. I guess Hulk Hogan got a little bit a little bit funner, but still, it was the same match for sure. For sure, I agree. And it's it's funny, too, because um, when I did those shows with Jimmy, I had to ask him for a picture, and I hate to do that. And I know a lot of guys hate to do that because you're in the locker room with the guy, and you're like, you know, we're doing the show together, and we're supposed to be peers, and here I am being, like, still a fan, you know? But at the same right, time, like... Mind, right? No, not at all. He was great about it, and I still, like, I felt weird until... He was so cool. And then I was like, man, I just didn't want to be that guy. And he was like, hey, we're all fans. That's why we're doing this, right? And it just like set my mind yeah. at ease as soon as he said that. And I was like, all right. And, and you know, a lot of it, just like doing these podcasts, a lot of that is like it transfers over. So it, it, your support of him as you come up, he, he's seen it, I'm sure, a million times. At the back door, you know, he just meets some kid coming in, some pencil neck geek who's like excited to be a curtain jerker for the night. Yep. He's like, yeah, hey, boys, nice to meet you. Says hi. And then years later, it's fucking Stone Cold Austin. You know, yeah. what, I'm sure he's been in that situation. So at that point, if he was addicted to Austin, it's going to make it hard for Austin to want to raise him or keep him aloft, if you will in the echelon of, of wrestling, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, 100%. Heaven, that- <laughs> the, the status. And so now, now, so when he pays that forward, I'm sure it's also paid him back several times over, which is, is uh, one of those really nice things to see, you know, like a pay-it-forward kind of imaginations. You know, I love that, and it's the first time I've heard it put that way before, and uh, it's it's fucking awesome and i'm gonna kind of use that when i'm teaching my students now <laughs> well sometimes it, like in that case yeah so even in the smallest aspect it could sure he could he has the opportunity to be a dick but generally it's going to be good for his own business i gotta figure that if he's in the back room and he takes a photo and then you post it like that's more popularity right that's more and now it's shared and, yeah and that's the way our world is definitely working now that we have all the social media platforms but I think it's always kind of worked like that, just on a less easily identifiable, you know, you couldn't, it, it's, it might have been harder to track the metrics, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, of, of how, they, they write it in how to win friends and influence people. Like, uh, mm-hmm. the cream uh, doesn't naturally rise to the top. It's supported by the weight of everybody else underneath it. You know what I mean? Because it wants it higher. The, the 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 mass actually wants the lighter weight stuff on the top, but if ever it doesn't want you on the top, it'll drag you down and make it one of it. You know, and yeah. if you don't if you don't ascend, uh, if you don't match what you're supposed to be rising to the top or what people want to rise to the top, then they'll they'll cut you down and, and take you out. Hundred percent, and it's funny that we're going back and forth with this right now because this reminds me of listening to your podcast because you just have these like ideas and these like they just hit you and you just run with it and you get a great episode by the time it's finished. And I, I'm kind of oh, wondering. Oh yeah, of course. Go on. I'm just wondering how you know when did you decide that you even wanted to start a podcast because it's relatively new. Am I right? <laughs> Extremely, yeah. I I've got a friend, uh, a, a assistant. We hired a kid, Mark Smith, for very very cheap, and he <laughs> promised me that I wouldn't 
uh, that I wouldn't miss the money and that he would, he would, the amount of work that he would do would be equaled out in the amount of work that I see coming back. But then he needed some things. Like, uh, so he needs some material to help the website grow. And, uh, he and my wife working together, uh, she kind of puts the burner to my butt because I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> quite honestly and um and so then he, he tells her what she needs she puts she makes me do it and that's how it started honestly it started with a video that he cut together of me um arguing back and forth with nunez of some sort that's mm-hmm. on my website and it kind of it, like i gave him the idea it's like i've had this i've seen this experiment with these two monkeys they take two monkeys from the same tribe, the same clan, the same group. Uh, they know each other, and they put them in cages next to each other, and they give them the same task they have every day. Take the rock from the scientist, put it through the other hole. The scientist gives you a treat. Today, the first monkey gets a cucumber. Mm-hmm. And he starts eating his cucumber because he's perfectly happy with it. Meanwhile, the next monkey takes the rock, and he puts it through the hole, and he gets a grape. And the other monkey with the cucumber is like, oh, you didn't know? I fucking love grapes. Like, Cucumbers are nothing compared to grapes. It's the same work. So go ahead and give me that rock again. I'll put it through the hole, and you're going to give me a grape. I can, of course, because he's getting a grape. I'm good. They give him the cucumber. He looks at it. He's like, this ain't a fucking grape. Smells it and throws it up. A minute ago, he is happy with it, you know? Yeah. And so then then this grape monkey, he get, does the same thing, gets a grape again. He turns to his friend. He's like, dude, you should just try getting a grape. Have you tried getting the grape? Because it's so much better than the cucumber. I don't know what you're doing wrong. You should fix it. The other <laughs> monkey grabs the rock and he tests it. He holds it for a second. Like it has value, right? You fucking doctor. And he, I'm sorry. I don't know why I can swear, but I probably yes, can. You right? can, yeah. <laughs> so then he puts it through the hole. He gets the cucumber again. Are you fucking crazy? He jumps at it. He tries to find his way out of the cage. He reaches towards the bowl of the grapes. He's mad. He doesn't know what's going on. And he's, he's furious. And in that, at that moment, they actually have that up on um, a TED Talks. Mm. It was used in, a, I saw it years ago in a completely different experiment in a show called Brain Games. But they used it in a TED Talks, and it's a live audience is watching it. And at the moment that that monkey throws the cucumber at the, the scientist, mm-hmm. everybody laughs. And that really struck me. That was the first time I, when, when Mark edited it together like that. It was the first time I saw it in that fashion. Yeah. And Mark pointed it out too. He's like, look at the audience is laughing. That means to me that to have interest for the show, which they did have a great interest in the show, Ink Masters, mm-hmm. that they wanted to have that experience. They having if you throw the cucumber, they benefit. And then it kind of put a lot of the bias inside of my head is is finally making sense. When I'm on the show, the bias you're, you're, you're always trying to stand outside of yourself. You're like, is it even there? Am I imagining it? I don't want to be complaining about a bias that's against me when there is none. And then I just look like a complainer. Yeah, right. So am I or am I not? Is, is this bias even real or not? You're, you're always second guessing that. And then you don't know the motive of it because you're, you're curious. You're like, I don't I don't feel this is the way they treated Tattoo Baby. I don't understand why they're treating me like this. Did I not comb my hair right? Did I say the wrong words? We did kind of fight a couple of times. Is that enough to make these people mad at me or this person? And you, you see how this is going on and you start guessing yourself. I remember um, on a day that I did a very good tattoo. It was a perfect circle on a geometry day. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't mention a third place. Usually they mention one, two, and three people did good. And then they pick out of those three, one of them that did the best. Leaving yeah. the other second and third to fight over which was second place, third place, and just a fight. But for some reason that day, they only mentioned two. 
And they gave no response as to why they only mentioned two. They gave out enough good critiques that they should have at least given a third. They could have given out four. I was curious if my placement, if, if I placed above Halo or if Halo placed behind me. That was a real curious spot for me. And I never got to find out because they never even said one, two, and three. They just named one and two. And I, honestly, the second place, which was Scott's, there was a lot that you could have cut down in that, and they, they failed to. That was one of the first times we looked at people who were judges with the normal critical eye, and they even explained it to us off of camera. Not really off camera, but we knew that it never made it in the camera, but they would explain. Guys, when you watch the show, you only see 20 seconds. For us to get 20 seconds, it's going to take 10 to 15 minutes. You're going to hear a lot more mean stuff. You know, They didn't really set it up like that, but they let us know that we did if we compare it to our experience with the critiques prior, then we will we won't have an apples to apples comparison. If you follow, yeah, interesting, yeah. And in that explanation, they explained that they are trained tattoo artists, and even if they have the best tattoo in the world, looking at them, they have the ability to cut it down. And then we watched them look at Scott's tattoo, and they found nothing wrong with it. They loved the way it was shaded, even the blown out lines. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't talk. They they. It, the symmetry was way off on this thing, and it was obvious. And, and I'm at least looking at it quizmical, but not wanting to say anything because right. you you put yourself in a, in a targetable position. And uh, so the whole time I'm wondering about these biases that are occurring or that I'm imagining. And then when I saw the video that Mark put together, it quite clearly showed how they were making an interesting show. And gotcha. then it, it correlated my own actions with this kind of crazed monkey. I loved it. Well, that he then said, I'm sorry, this is a long answer to get around to how I started the podcast. No, oh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> sorry. But then from that, it, he made the video and he says, Kyle, I could really use some audio kind of explaining anything like that too, or some audio of your care instructions. I've got some of the best care instructions for tattoos ever. And uh, yeah, I'll just say it because, you know, who's going to say I'm wrong? Um, and if they are, I'll argue it with them. I have the best care instructions. No one in the world has ever come up with care instructions nearly as good as mine. Um, my care instructions are the best because because it's one thing. Treat it like a baby. You know, mm -hmm. everybody can remember that. You want your tattoo to heal good? Treat it like it's the most important thing to you. In the world. Like it's your whole reason for being and, and it's going to heal good. You do something that makes your baby mad? It's going to cry. It's going to tell you. You're not going to do that again. Do something that makes your baby happy. That's what you should always do for your baby, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so he wanted that as care instructions. I gave him that, and people kind of responded. And then uh, I gave him some of my own personal thoughts, and people really responded, enough that it scared me because eventually my, par my, my thoughts are kind of polarizing, or I find them to be. Mm -hmm. If I don't, if you take my thoughts and you shrink it down to a 30 second soundbite, like somebody's getting mad. <laughs> you know, I, you know? I can see that by, because like I said, I do listen to your show, but at the same time, it's so intriguing that you have to listen to the whole, you, you can't just do that. It can't just be a soundbite or a few minute clip. It has to be oh, appreciate that. The, the episode. And, appreciate oh, of course, man. And that's what keeps people hanging on though, because I need to hear how you're going to finish the episode because now I'm... <laughs> I can't just get out of the car. It's like, okay, I, I'm going to take a little longer way home because I need to figure out how this ends. Well, I'm sorry if they're not matched. I don't have a time schedule or any. I just have a something that, that gets you know up my butt a little bit, and then I kind of got to get it out or yeah. on my chest, <laughs> and I have to get it off. And 
that it, it will just be topical. I think, you know, and some of them are scaring me. Like I did one on the N word that I feel very right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I know that it goes counter to a lot of what is just accepted right now. Yes. And I, I, if it, I'm scared of the responses that I may get as some amount, because I would rather honestly shut up, but I'm an honest person. And I think I have a valid, as everybody does, everybody has a valid viewpoint of the world, whether or not it's right. That's determined by groups, I guess, or determined by individuals, but everybody's got a valid point. And I've got one that I do study out. I mean, I do think about in, in sometimes very complex ways yeah, and sometimes very simple ways. And then, uh, you know, it, I change constantly too. So, I mean, this, this me now is certainly not me 20 years ago and I don't know what I'll be in five years from now. So I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's a a fear I guess I have is that like making any of this stuff. Now you are that like, like we see it with Joe Rogan's podcast. He's been doing it for like 14 years, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they, uh, they go back to his earlier stuff and they can find all kinds of things that can make him appear to be this, I don't know. Make him appear to be the idea. But I, I think we really need to quantify bad people better now and begin to understand that good people are capable of bad and bad people are capable of good. And simply because it's Hillary Clinton does not mean that she doesn't love her mother. You know what I mean? Just because it's Donald Trump does not mean that he does not have capacity for love. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, like whatever these two polar opposites of your spectrum are we begin imagining that that is bad and always will be and all of its fruits will always be tainted or rotten and that is good and always will be and everything associated will always be good but in that we act we just become the sheep you know we're not if we're not constantly testing like the job of a republican is to question republicans the job of a Democrat is to question Democrats. And inside of that, we just we, we actually hear a lot of bleeding sheep that are also like the cream because certain creams, you know, certain milk turns a certain way. It makes different <laughs> cheese that that one makes different cheese curds, you know, um, and, and, and we see it more that those extreme sides are raised or, or the imagination. I don't find it that way. Like when I, I'm relatively liberal, I guess. I don't care what your sexuality is. And uh, I really don't care what you, what you love about guns mm-hmm. or what meat you eat. I do have concerns with the way that we do anything. And actually those concerns, they echo among my right-wing friends very much like i'm amazed at it's always our concerns are the same our answers are slightly different but then inside of that we are literally programmed as sheep by everything we consume i say sheep like it's a bad thing but i don't know that it is but by everything we consume we're programmed one way or the other like oh you're a vegetarian oh i hate you you're trying to stop me from eating meat it's like no but i bet we both agree that there are farming practices that are bad about the raising of meat. Yeah. Oh yeah, we definitely agree. I I mean I eat meat, so as a meat eater, I'm I'm really fucking concerned about it. Yeah, as a vegetarian, I'm concerned about it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like they have the same however they don't be because one side quite literally, one side is being fed by the meat industry. Like quite literally, you have a lobbyist group that yeah. is trying to control your thoughts on meat. And they want you to think that 
vegetarians are weak. They're, they're pussies. They're everything that you are not. Whatever you identify as, they're going to figure out what you identify as. They're going to compound that, brand it with their product, uh, Omaha beef or whatever, you know, and then they're going to turn you against the antithesis of that, which would be a vegetarian. Meanwhile, the vegetarian is worried about uh, agricultural meat practices, and you are too because you actually consume the product. So if you're getting a bunch of antibody-laced food, if you're not – you know, that's why grass-fed beef is uh, compared to grain-fed beef even. You know, like Mm -hmm. even if you're a meatitarian, you concern yourself with, well, is it good meat or is it just crap meat? You know, hundred percent. I'm the same way. Uh, I'm not a vegetarian, but I definitely have my, am mindful of what is in my meat. So yeah, you're hundred percent accurate with that. But you you leave yourself open to those things on your podcast. You'll you'll talk about something like that, and then at the end you'll be like, I feel right, but I know there's room for error. So you guys let me know what you think. And I think that's a smart way to go about it because you're not just saying, Hey, this is what it is. <laughs> I just I, I appreciate that. I just read an article yesterday telling me that that will make me appear less intelligent. So I didn't. I, I actually was concerned about that. Exactly. They're like, if you use words like "I think" or "in my opinion," you can appear less intelligent for not knowing what you're saying. I'm like, I, those are some of my favorite words. I don't know how I would even. I like those are important to me. I think that most things should be prefaced with that. Like, sure, maybe I sound smart when I don't use those words, but maybe I'm not smart. Maybe I'm actually just worrying now about the sound instead of the actual basis of my thought, which I want to be open for conjecture, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, How could you not? What's that? How could you not? Because, you know, if you go into, you know, the episode you were just talking about, I think it was episode 19 or whatever for you, where you talk about the N-word. If you went into that and just said, this is what it is, that's it. You know how many people are going to be insanely angry about that? Like, I I think it's smart to say, this is what it seems like. This is what it feels like. What do you guys think? Right. This, from my perspective, that is one of the people I'm kind of fortunate here. uh, My son. (laughs) Like I've I've raised this social justice warrior on accident on purpose. I don't know. I've given him a lot of leeway, and uh, he sees the world. He, you know, he's at that age, anyways, where you really start trying to harden down how you f- see the world. Yeah, and you begin to imagine that it's 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 always like this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he's still pretty good, and that's actually my our our thing our fun that we have is we go back and forth, and I try and soften his his view of the world because of my ever-changing view. You know, I, I remember knowing everything. <laughs> and now I know too, now I'm far too old to know everything. You know, I'm far <laughs> too studied to know everything now. Yeah. <laughs> but inside of his Dunning-Kruger, he is oftentimes coming to me with whatever Twitter is mad about for the day. And uh, <laughs> and we'll go back and forth. J.K. Rowling, you know, he, he fights on behalf of uh, the LGBT for the alphabet people, I hope that's not an offense, but he fights on their behalf. Um, he himself uh, identifies as gay or bisexual, depending on the conversation, it seems. And so I oftentimes get chastised about my use of pronouns, my misunderstanding. Uh, I did not know that tranny was a slur. Like, you know, and I, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. stepping to Powell. He said, that was fucking gay. Yeah. I honestly think that it actually came back more from. And it could have had something to do with the sexuality thing and that that was being ostracized or it was being um, – it was kind of being forbidden to us of some sort of being like try to stay away from that because it's not mainstream. It's not – but at the same time, gay is – gay means not – it means happy. Right. So when I say 
that's bad and i mean it's cool if i say if i say that's hot and i mean it's cool if i say any of these adjectives that are the opposite of it but i mean so much that it actually comes back around to meaning like the 360 degree version of or the 180 degree version of it I don't know if that makes sense to you. To me, it makes sense that if a gay happy time, if you gaily deck the halls uh, and then you step in a mud puddle by the same version that uh, hot is cool and cool is hot, then you are also possible that gay is not a good time when you stepped in the mud puddle. So that was gay. I take kind of exception, I guess, in argument with my son, at least, in the use of the word gay. Describing homosexual uh, mm-hmm. or lesbian groups of people because that word, as mad as you might be about me using words improperly to define you or put you in, in groups in my mind that are easier for me to deal with, compartmentalize, whatever, as mad as you are about me doing that, your whole word gay was taken. Maybe it was foisted upon you, I guess. You've certainly used it now, you've accepted it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't this derogatory so much before. So, I mean, I imagine the very first time that you started talking about people that didn't fit into your culture because they maybe liked the other sex or the same sex. And you said, oh, that person's um, and you didn't want to say words that weren't appropriate inside of polite conversation. So you said, gay. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. And they knew that it meant he was happy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or whatever. I, I, it doesn't seem as much that it was uh, this derogatory ever. Mm-hmm. And so now that it's been accepted as being the word for like the gay and lesbian anti-defamation league or the group GLAD, I'm like, I don't know. When do we get our word back? You're so mad about me using words. When do I get to when do I get to watch uh, Fred Flintstone again, you know, and have a gay old time without thinking him and Barney are are sneaking off behind the woodshed together? (laughs) (laughs) You know, when do I get my word back? I get it. You're mad about words. So if we get to get mad about words, so we get to get mad about all kinds of words. And that was one of my words. Just like maybe I want the rainbow back. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm an artist. I love colors. The, the spectrum of colors helps me um, <laughs> communicate emotion. And I love the rainbow. Remember Robbie Williams in Mort from Ork? Yeah, the rainbow suspenders. I grew up with that. Yep. My dad used to have a rainbow hat. And I, not that I'm saying it's bad that it might mean something prideful. I'm just saying, hey, can I just identify with that as a straight heterosexual man who doesn't have to be asked whether or not he's an ally? I just like the fucking rainbow. Give me the rainbow back. God damn, you guys stealing everything. And see, this is, you know, conversations like this just keep bringing me back to your podcast because this is, is this how you do it? You just like click the microphone on and just whatever's on your mind, you just let it roll? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm planning one today for uh, this been on my mind. I try and let it build up a bit. <laughs> I think about it. I think how it's affected my life. Uh-huh. And uh, and I want to do one today on society, prison, and art. Okay. so And the three of those things. I went to jail before I found out that I was an artist. And I don't know that a lot of people don't do the same. Or, like, like 
it, when you grow up in society, uh, our society, and you have the desire to be an artist, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not a supported topic amongst any of your uh, of your the people you know your peers. Your uh, not in your peers. Your peers don't give a fuck what you're gonna do. But uh, the patriarchy, the matriarchy, that your your support structure at the top. They're like, Kyle, what do you want to do? You know, and you're like, wow, I really like to draw. Oh, that's cool. What do you want to be an architect? And you're like, nah, I was thinking, I don't know. Art's cool. That's all. I, you're asking me. I'm pretty young. I don't even know what I want to be. Like, yeah, you should probably be an architect because you like to draw. And then you're like, okay, I'll try it. Architect is boring as shit. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I, I don't, but I believe you. <laughs> fuck is so boring. You're like, nope, this ain't it. How the fuck did I end up doing three months of this? You know, of this cursory <laughs> class, and I got to get graded on it. And all I want to do is fucking is is draw doodles in the corner. I get chided for you can't put doodles in the corner of your things. These have to be neat and, and perfect. And you're like, this is not at all what I want to be. You know, yeah, but the, the artist in our culture, I don't believe gets praised or gets uh, heralded as enough. And oftentimes that causes problems that then end up with me in jail. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then being in jail having to really take a look at the trajectory of my life and mm. is it gonna where is it gonna go from here like this is the new starting point getting getting out of jail what do you do i decided i would never sell drugs again mm-hmm. never sell the thing that is now perfectly legal in like 34 states <laughs> the thing that i never voted on that we never voted on to make illegal i would never sell that again and it that led me to having to do a lot of manual labor, mm-hmm. but I'm not happy. I'm still an artist, you know? Right. This is all I've been training to do my whole life was just to draw shit. And it, it, it wasn't until I really kind of found tattooing that I knew that there was anything you could make money at with art. And we don't tell our kids and we don't tell our, um, our society so much, like, these are the things that you could possibly do good in because when it doesn't fit when it's just uh you know a harder thing to think about mm-hmm. people are like well just can we just make this easy on me you know like you're like yeah. no i don't want to be an architect but yeah man it's gonna be a lot harder for you not to want the thing that i want for you um could you just want the thing that i want for you like, right that, like i can't no so i don't i think the nurturing like i i, I feel like the jail problem in america is is horrendous uh that we haven't looked at it on a holistic level of actually fixing it and a lot of people uh, there's a kid actually i grew up with scott scott mahoney he'll never get out of prison and uh he used to draw he's doing tattoos inside i saw a tattoo that he had done mm-hmm. at a, at a, and I, I saw a tattoo and i looked really good like it didn't look like a jailhouse tattoo but something about it gave me the idea that it must have been a jailhouse tattoo because some of the tools used to work with you're like it, it it didn't look like he was using mags or larger needles uh-huh. so why would he be using these small needles if he has such a skill unless he can't get the bigger needles you know yeah. so i asked the kid and, and but then at the same time how did he get good color well some of the guards are bringing color in for him because he's such a good artist but he had he known that he had an opportunity as a tattoo artist or had he known that he had any other opportunity as art, I don't think he would have decided to kill that guy. You know, I think it could have been a very different trajectory for him. You know, sometimes we fall into drugs because of trauma that we had or whatnot. And if we don't have anything else, like that can become you. It, It became him. 
it, it became his, his power structure, his dynamic for his relationships in, in being a dealer of sorts. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he fucking made some stupid, stupid, stupid mistakes. Yeah. I, I think about that, I guess, because the little bit of a mistake that I made, it was leading. It could have led to that. You know, yeah. I was selling marijuana. It then turned to cocaine. Marijuana, you know, doesn't seem so bad to sell. Cocaine, I'll tell you what, that's not so good to sell. Yeah, right. Um, it, and it's the worst drug. It could, but however, with the idea that they told me, hey, Kyle, fucking marijuana is terrible, man. You should never smoke it. And then you smoke it and you're like, uh, it's, are you kidding me? It's really not. It's not at all what you guys said. You know, you guys said just say no. You guys told me about being a gateway drug. If right. this opens it, like, this honestly is like, that wasn't the, my gateway to drugs was, was uh, actually cigarettes. Oh, and really? I see a huge government subsidy uh, of uh, lobbyist power of huge for cigarettes. Like, we are literally changing science and paying scientists to do research. I'll put that in quotation marks <laughs> that supports the health benefits of cigarettes. Meanwhile, you're telling me that marijuana, that's the gateway. I smoked cigarettes long before I smoked marijuana. Right, right. And they're yeah. highly addicted. They're mood altering. They're mind altering. And we can get them easier, at least at the time, than you could get marijuana. Yes. You know, I could go into the store and I could steal them. Sometimes they had them right on the shelf as you were leaving. You know, that was one of my first things that we learned to steal, actually, because you couldn't buy it. You could, even if you had the money, you couldn't buy it. You right. know what I mean? So, like, it's weird how sometimes these strongholds that we put up, same that I see somehow for the vaccine, you know, it just like if you tell somebody you got to do it, you are going to have a resistance against it. But the, when you put cigarettes up and you say you can't buy this, well, fucking hey, I bet you I can get it. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Now, uh, you know, my, my... And now I'm a criminal. I didn't now I've so easily transitioned from being a, a purchaser of something or, or somebody that would work to get the value of to being somebody that's just like, well, that was mine. Fuck, that was easy. Like a magic trick. Said, hey, do you guys got them over there, that, that new newspaper? They looked at it for I put it in my pocket. Nope, you don't. Oh, all right, never mind. Now, I guess my question to you now, then, is between the time where you get out of jail and you find tattooing, leading up to Ink Master, how many years were you already tattooing before you got on the show? Because you were one of the more seasoned, better artists right out of the gate. Uh, yeah, I, I've been tattooing for some, probably 10 years, I think, at that point. I, ta- I started when I was... Um, Oh, maybe almost 20 years. Uh, I started when I was 20 years old and I went into jail just slightly, just, just shortly after starting tattooing. When I got out, I decided I would never sell drugs again. Mm-hmm. And I put more of my interest into tattooing. Um, okay. Now, I don't think I was on that show until I was almost 40. So about 20 years of tattooing. But since I learned the way I did, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was good, right? It took me eight years before I had an idea of what I was doing. I think I said it on the show. I was like, I've only been good for like eight of them. And that was just the honest truth. <laughs> I, <was only, laughs> I might have started when I was 20, but for the first year, I'd only done four tattoos okay. in one full year. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's a slow start uh, when you know you work in construction just to get the materials to do tattoos. And then I was buying alcohol so I could get people drunk enough to let me tattoo them and then <laughs> tattoo them for free. And then, uh, you know, do that again the next weekend or hope to. And sometimes it would take months to set up because you don't do good work. No one wants, no one wants that. So, uh, I don't know. It was, 
it's funny when I think back on it because I, 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 it's almost insidious. I was doing bad tattoos on people so that I could learn, and I was getting them drunk so that I could uh, <laughs> get them to allow me to, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like a, a better version of Bill Cosby in this scenario. <laughs> oh but uh, but at least we end up with something better, uh, you know, and, and I've, I've always, I always told people in the early days, I was like, listen, I'll always touch these up for free. Or I will always fix this. Yeah. It might look really bad. <laughs> but, but, you know, fast forward, though, you you do get to Ink Master, so whatever path you took worked out for you. You were America's favorite. You were voted to come back uh, by the people. Um, if that's legit or not, I don't know. But I, it seemed like you were a favorite to me. I know you're a favorite in my house. So it's, yeah. it's one of those things where, uh, you know, yeah, the path was a little bit rocky, but you got there. And then that brings us to, you know, the blow up with Nunez, because it did, even from somebody who's just a fan of the show watching it, when he made that comment of tell Kyle Dunbar he should be down here, even at home, you're going, oh, shit, like that was messed yeah. up. And that's where you uh, got the hashtag fuck Nunez from that you're you're now you're now officially retiring. I heard you say that you're done with it. Yeah. But well, that was a big me, deal. I've done it. I've had a lot of people remind me right away. As soon as I, I put out that podcast, it was like, hey, I want to be nice to Nunez. They were like, you know, we hated Nunez far before you, Kyle, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> But I was amazed. I, I didn't. My wife went to his Instagram imagining that she was going to see a lot of the things that she sees on my Instagram, which people remind me all the time. Like, hey, I wish you beat his ass. You should have beat his ass. Why didn't you punch him? The worst thing about you, Kyle, is you didn't punch him. All these kinds of things, right? <laughs> um, the only thing that makes me think that you might be a bitch is that you didn't actually punch him. Are you a bitch? Because you didn't punch And so... We we expected that he was going to have some of the same things, yeah. you know, where people were like, you would have beat his ass. He's a pussy. I can't believe he even attempted to talk to you like that. And we saw much the opposite. Like he had one picture of him out by the pool and like four or five comments down. Somebody had said, Kyle Dunbar is going to grab you by the ankles and drag you in. You better watch out. <laughs> like, uh. Like, I was this boogeyman in his comments. Like, his comment section has to suck simply because that occurred, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I felt, I felt kind of bad for it. My son, he says, no, fuck Nunez, because he's, uh, my son's very vigilant, like I said. So he's like, yeah, he's a, he's, um, a sexual predator. I says, he's not a sexual predator. That has not been proven. He harassed a girl and it was settled out of court. It's not the same, you know? And he's yeah. like, well, he is a racist. I'm like, that was Ali. And I don't even know that Ali is so racist, but so much as he makes stupid decisions sometimes uh, without thinking. About it. Right. And it, it goes on. And my son didn't want me to. But I get it uh, now. I, I feel stupider. Like I get it. Yeah, everybody hated Nunez, probably for good cause. And I don't get to control the fuck Nunez hashtag. But <laughs> I am officially retired from hating that kid for it. Everything he did was in my benefit. He knew it when he was doing it. He mentioned it several times. As much as we, he used, on, or they, I should say, used his saying. What he say? He said uh, Kyle performs better with with anger and animosity, so that's why we're giving him this kind of. He didn't really say bias, but I'm going to use bias. But the reason he said that was because you know they were filming this show, but moreover, or not filming the show because you know they were going after. There was no other excuse, no other motive, except for outright this guy hates Kyle mm -hmm. to build up that drama. But he continually noted to everybody how. 
the playout for season two went. Yeah. It was like number three did better than one and two. Or no, he said number four. He said number four did better than one and two. He would always say that. Mm-hmm. Number four did better than one and two. So he they already brought me back. I'm number four. He knew that time he was making me do better than one and two. Yes. You know, and probably builds up a certain animosity, I guess, if I'm not going to thank him for not giving me a finale piece, I guess. Uh, thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, he was building up drama that he knew. So I think he did know that everything he did, despite it being against me, was also in my benefit in the future, if that makes sense. No, no, it makes perfect sense. And I, I could see that, you know, after the fact when he said that, yes, I could I could kind of see that. And then also when you were back on that finale, he kind of said that to you again, like I, I was just trying to push you to do better kind of thing. But at that point, the crowd and the fans were already like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, yeah well, it, it was obviously bullshit. You weren't trying to push me. You were trying to make me more interesting for the camera. Right. Something he can't honestly say, which also makes him a bitch. If you can't be honest, you're a bitch. You're a bitch to that lie. You know, whatever owns you, that's who's your, you know, that's who you're a bitch to. In my opinion. Right, right. And when I realized that he was owned by several things, including his stances on things, then then I felt that's why I even called him. I was like, he's going to be so mad about being called a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee. Well, let me ask you this. I I, I have rapid-fire questions for you. Just the first thing that pops in your head regarding Ink Master, and and let's let's try this out. Okay. Sounds like fun. First one, if you got to choose who won the two seasons that you were a part of besides yourself, who are the two people you would pick? Like easy, Craig Foster and then Halo. Oh, great still, artist. Like, still, I, I, Halo was the best artist that was on that season. He could outdraw anybody. He was out-practiced. He, he, he dedicates so much of his life to it. He lost a young one uh, when he was really young himself, mm-hmm. and I think... And that became the fire to make the most out of his life here. And he saw the way to make the most out of his life here was with art. And so his drive to be the best is above anybody else's on that show. Since, in my opinion, even. I oh. think he, he outperforms uh, Josh Payne for his drive to be the best. He and Sarah Miller are probably the only two that, like, she has a fire burning in her to be the best that is unrivaled, but maybe by Halo. Right. Other than that, Craig Foster on the first time, just his technical ability was off the charts, and his uh, drawing ability, again, was off the charts. He could draw similar to Jimmy Litwalk, yes, yeah. but he could transcend that to different genres better than Jimmy could. I agree. I, I honestly thought that Craig was going to go all the way, so his elimination was a shock to me. Uh, it was a shock to us, too, on the show when it happened. There was conversation about it, and it was my first... It was the first time, like, Toto began to pull the curtain back. Gotcha. Seeing a guy back there turning shit, you know? Because yep. Craig had come to me days prior to that and asked if I remembered what the other people had gotten as a reward for winning the Flash Challenges. And uh, they had gotten the ability to hand out you know, the, the, the order or the arrangement of the next challenge. Yes. And he had never been rewarded that. And he says, Kyle, I'm not saying it's racist, but I don't know the difference between me and the other guys, except for the very, you know, for the, the um, color of my skin. I think it might have been his, he was uh, really quiet. That might have been a bigger difference in that. You know, like they don't run a award too much to the quiet guy because he's just not going to drum up that much interest. Yes, and uh, it's funny that you say that because when I had Joey Hamilton on the show a few weeks back, he said the same thing about not Craig, but just artists who are more quiet and reserved in general, that they would be the first to go no matter what because they don't 
bring anything to the drama of the of the show. So sad because it, it that can really hurt them. I, I, but I have seen that what it does is it can make them even more fired up about their own art. So like, there's a couple artists that were just so far beyond the placement that they got removed from the show. Yeah, that it's insane to me and and. To, to see it, but it, to them, it, I think it added to the fire, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whereas uh, me, I went through it and it, it, it kind of pulled a lot from my, I have to stoke the fire of tattoos, you know, or my passion for it a lot more than, um, that because I, I got a lot of love, I guess, from it, you know, uh, and, um, as much hate as I felt on the show, I felt easily that much love in hindsight like people have really liked the storyline they liked my honest attitude yeah and so I, i've been blown away by that i don't know it's it's i'm amazed that some people can end up it seems like they do bad with the show and it possibly even doesn't help their popularity on instagram however that then drives them to put out such phenomenal work on their instagram that it's it like makes you want to bite your fingers off conversely <laughs> I am only now buying an iPhone because I haven't taken a picture of a tattoo that I've liked in over two years. Mm-hmm. And every time I pick up somebody's iPhone to take a picture of the tattoo that I'm struggling to take a picture of with my Android phone, it like immediately takes this beautiful picture that I would post any day and I just <laughs> never use it because I'm like, ah, oh, it's from your phone. I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't really control the lighting the way I want. So anyways, we're getting an iPhone so I can finally start picturing, posting pictures of my work. If Instagram were filled in my comments section with people being like, you suck as an artist. I can't believe you even bothered picking up a pencil. My four-year-old draws better than you. I bet I would put up more of my artwork. Right, like, yeah, yeah. Some of my contemporary friends that were removed early from the show, they put up bunch of artwork i'm like but i get so much love on there from people like i remember once i accidentally posted i was sending a picture to a t-shirt guy mm-hmm. and it was just a picture of some folds of this shirt but on the fold it was able to catch the light whereas like look at the black here is a different gradient than the black here it becomes kind of obvious when the shirt's worn so i was trying to show it to him to try and help him make a better product i simply posted that and it got 230 likes jesus <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm like, and it had no caption or nothing. You know, it was just like this. I didn't mean to post it. I, I don't know what I'm doing on Instagram. <laughs> so I, so uh, I, I accidentally posted it. But that, uh, with getting 230 likes from that, like, well, why, like anything, I don't, yeah, I myself, and I, I strive or I thrive kind of off of a certain amount of um, conversation uh, or, or feedback, you know, and having all positive feedback on Instagram actually has kind of turned me some away from it. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's not where I'm going to get, if I believe my Instagram or, or my comment section, then I walk away with an artist that doesn't need to challenge himself today. Well, with all that being said and, and leaving it, you know, there, would you given the chance do ink master or a show like it ever again? It would all depend on a lot of things, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> Okay. Absolutely, but it would be like um. I guess I would go back on even now to see where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But their ability to get interesting and awesome artists has been better. So like season, I don't know what it was that, that uh, James Vaughn was on as a coach. It might have been 13. Mm-hmm. Might have been 12 or 13. He's on as a coach, and he was like, Kyle, these kids can beat 
any one of the Ink Masters prior. Like every single one of them. He's like, these kids are just so much better than the level that was being attracted prior. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen that with the popularity of the show. You know, they kept getting better um, artists. Because if, at first, you couldn't get artists that were could clear up their time. Like, if you were a good enough artist, a lot of times you'd be booked six months in advance. Right. Yeah. So you couldn't go do seven weeks of filming and just hope that your clients are still going to be there. Or even half the time, you've already spent the deposit that they might have used to secure that place. Mm-hmm. So you would have to refund people thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, possibly tens of thousands of dollars uh, in in refunds just to go on that show. Oh, so wow. they couldn't get the top echelon of the tattoo artist for some time. Gotcha. That's why I've heard rumor that Shane O'Neill went on with a contract that guaranteed he would win because they needed somebody with the gravitas of Shane O'Neill to give it a credibility. Now, I've also heard that that is not true. <laughs> right, so, of course. <laughs> I mean, who knows? And I'm sure the spec it's going to always be out there. So someone's always going to try and sour grapes. It. But I would imagine that it would be more possible that I could be guaranteed as a certain artist to not be removed for some bullshit ass bullshit. You know, yeah. if they come to me and they'd say, listen, if, imagine I'm Shane, I guess. But if they say, Shane O'Neill, you are a, a leader in the industry. Uh, we can make you known, and we recognize that that does it does more for our show the further you get. Yeah, and we could easily see uh, that you would, barring some great faux pas of tattooing, you will definitely be in the finale. I could see them more easily guaranteeing something like that, or even making him understand that. You know, because yeah. there is an understanding there. I, I think it's like, yeah, I can see that they're better off suited if I do good because. Otherwise, the competition could all, we could all just be like, well, they had crap competition. One of the guys was, a, I mean, literally, on one of the first episodes, there was one of the guys, like B-Tats or something, mm-hmm. like he was a trucker. He was not a tattoo artist. I, like oh, they yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. get enough tattoo artists because of their, um, the, the difficulties with casting an unpopular show yeah, uh, or, a, or an unproven show. And so there was this guy that was a truck driver, but he did tats part-time, and he was one of the first removed. He did a really bad tattoo. I heard he, he became a tattoo artist since, but the, the irony is 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 irony. It, it's still worth noting, you know? Right, right. That they, that, and, and then I could see that that would make sense to to somebody like Shane. Right. You know, like maybe I don't have a guarantee, but it's it's a guarantee. If they want this show <laughs> to do good, they need Shane O'Neill to progress. That's true. No That's one true. else is coming on here with my name. Yeah. Okay. Now, no, that makes perfect sense to me. So, Kyle, the last thing I want you to do right now is to just plug your social media and your website and your podcast so that people know where they can find you, listen to you, keep up oh, with you, easy. and all that. My stuff. wife makes it easy. She keeps it easy because I'm I can't deal with complexity in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> it's Ink by Kyle Dunbar anywhere you go. So it's like www dot com inc by kyle dunbar i-n-k by kyle k-y-l-e d-u-n not not m surprise surprise uh but n is a nancy <laughs> b-a-r dunbar um and uh and it's also the same on instagram inc by kyle dunbar and i believe it's inc by kyle dunbar on facebook it took her some work to do i don't know if it's hard to change your name on that stuff I apologize about not being the best with it. I do promise you that most all of your messages get back to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't check them all because I, I can't. I can't understand that feed. But anything of merit and even compliments, actually, my wife ends up reading these things to me. It's sad. It's sad how simple my life is. Actually, I I I, I worry for those around me. It's a good thing that I don't want to be like I'm just one of those eaters. 
you know, like one of the people that get so fat, but they couldn't have done it by themselves. Like you need a support structure of people to get that big, you know, like someone's got to deliver those meals. If you got up and walked to the fridge, you would burn off more calories than you burn. That's kind of my support structure, but with my, with my, um, my, my attention to detail (laughs) or or just my, uh, is it ADD? I've never been diagnosed, but it feels kind of ADD sometimes. You know, I I kind of (laughs) flit around and my attention is not kept very easily. Well, I mean, your, your sports structure is working out for you though. So, you know, a little, little different than than the eaters. (laughs) Oh, well, it it works out for them right up to the point. It's just, there's a point, there's a tipping scale, quite literally tipping scale. When they tip that scale, when they can't make it out the door, when they're like grabbing the forklift and they're like getting construction workers to figure out how to how to support trusses while they remove a woman <laughs> through a fucking picture window you're like yeah it, it got past that point there's the tipping scale i don't know, I, I like those do you watch those shows i've watch never watched those? them no I, I they're like a guilty not really the 600 pound life stuff but some of these guilty pleasures for me are like the uh married at first sight oh yeah yeah uh, God, it's so awesome. I, I, I feel terrible, though, as a human being when I get done because 100% of the time I'm just rooting for the failing of them. Well, <laughs> even, yeah. if, like, even when they're the cutest with each other, I'm like, oh, these two are perfect for each other. Can't wait to see that fail. <laughs> well, Kyle, <laughs> I man. I want to watch that spiral down in flames. <laughs> I got to say, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And oh, it's I, a pleasure being I got to wrap it up, but this was awesome, man. And I, I honestly hope that we can do this again sometime. Absolutely, Robbie. Look forward to doing it again. And uh, look forward to seeing you. Uh, now I got your, um, what is your wrestling name? I guess I should, I should get that so I can follow you. It is Rockstar Robbie Vegas, and uh, you're already following me on Instagram, so you can you can catch me anywhere on there. Okay. And I, I post so I'll links have to everything. Else. Look. Yeah, <laughs> Rockstar Robbie Vegas—that's a great name. Are you a heel? I am usually, yeah. Awesome! I'm excited. That's so. <laughs> we love the heels, man. All right. I'm sorry. We, we we should wrap this up though. I'll let you go, Robbie. Thanks for talking, brother. Oh, I appreciate you, man. I'll send you some videos. How about that? Uh, I look forward to watching them. All right, cool. Thanks again, Kyle. Appreciate you, man. All right, Rockers, once again, that was Kyle Dunbar. I hope you really enjoyed that interview. I know I did. Kyle's a great guy, and uh, man, I need to have him on again. I feel like we need to do a part two. That was just so much information and and just such a a cool chat, but make sure you go back and check out his seasons if you didn't know exactly what we were talking about when we we were on the Ink Master train. Uh, Seasons three and four, and uh, of course, be on the lookout for the new season in 2022. That will be coming later this year, and we will catch you guys next week on the All Bets Are Off podcast. The preceding presentation has been brought to you by The Gear Network.